From bell to bell and post to post. We got a big battle in front of us, baby. It is just stopped. So let's get fucking like a monkey. Working the territories on the Northwest Coast. Who wants to walk with Elias? You're listening to Wrestle Central. Give me a hell yeah. On Sportsnet 650. You got journalism for that? With Justin Morissette. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another week of Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650, as the man told you. My name is Justin Morissette here with you on the evening of June 28th. We are live and interactive, and I would love to hear from you this evening as I tackle some heavy topics on the program once again. It was a difficult week, to be certain, on the show last week, and, well, uh... That conversation continues here once again as uh, it was a a rough week really on a number of different fronts in the professional wrestling scene abroad and here close to home. Local uh, allegations against another former guest on this program. I would really love to be able to make it through a week without having to uh, come on here and apologize for my role in elevating someone who I have later learned to be uh, an abuser. And I know that uh, I don't have any responsibility for their actions, of course, but uh, it is difficult to know that, you know, uh, this platform, uh, such as it is, has been used to raise up somebody uh, in our local community who uh, I I wish I could uh, undo those interviews and conversations. But We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. I I learned a lesson last week about how to structure these things and talk about the heavy stuff at the end because it is very difficult to to segue back to lighter issues such as it is. And there really are no light issues on the show this week because we are going to begin uh, with the spread of COVID-19, which is how we ended the show Last week, And of course, if you have been paying attention to the news, if you've been paying attention to professional sports in general, it is no surprise to you what is going on in Florida at the moment. And of course, Florida in the professional wrestling context is where both WWE and AEW have been taping their television over the last several months to remain on the air and keep their uh, live weekly contracts uh, you know, active and the money that they receive for running these shows from the television networks that they work with uh, flowing in. You know, We talked about at the beginning of this pandemic the idea that WWE could and actually will have their most profitable year to date this year, even despite the fact they had to cancel WrestleMania, there was no live gate coming in for their biggest show of the year, uh, you know, not cancel WrestleMania as far as an event. It did happen, but it happened on the network only. They did not get the, you know, 100,000-person uh, uh, crowd that they tend to draw in. And the reason why this is still going to be the most profitable year in the history of the company is largely in part to not just the Saudi Arabia contracts, and they did do one Saudi show already this year. Uh, There is another one scheduled, which may have to be canceled or postponed depending on uh, at what stage international travel is even really allowed here. Uh, Though, you know, we're looking at travel restrictions within the United States right now, but 
You know, the reason why WWE has been pressing on all this time is because they know that that's their lifeblood right now. The TV money that they receive, you know, Saudi Arabia money is one thing. Their new TV contracts are enormous. They are raking in dough, even if they're not necessarily delivering the ratings that they're being paid to provide at the moment. Uh, they are looking at enormous profits, even canceling their you know travel schedule and their house show circuit, something that was losing money for them historically. They are doing very, very well financially, but only if they continue to tape television. And uh, we talked last week at the tail end of the program. It is Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650. My name is Justin Morissette talking about the COVID-19 outbreak that we saw this week within WWE. And it shouldn't be a surprise necessarily because last week we had a story about the first positive test case. Somebody who had been a WWE Performance Center trainee, a woman, a non-wrestler, someone who's training to be a wrestler, but not someone who is actively competing on television at the moment, who is just being used as a fake crowd member uh, during a Monday Night Raw taping on June 9th. She tested positive for COVID-19, and I said last week, you know, we are right on the cusp of watching this thing just pop off, basically, because if she was in there uh, as a crowd member and she had the uh, virus at the time, you know, this was always the risk that WWE ran when they decided to do what AEW has done, and that's bring people in to populate the stands as a fake crowd, testing uh, as far as COVID-19 testing and trying to uh, pick up the, the disease at the time or catch the virus when it's, uh, you know, before you even let it in your building, AEW has been doing very stringent testing. So there are people in their audience, yes, but everybody who's in there has been checked beforehand. WWE, not so much. That level of testing only began this week after their positive test case, and who knows how many people could have been in and out of the Performance Center over the last several weeks who were asymptomatic. And yes, this does need to be reiterated because I know we are almost four months into this global pandemic, and yet it does feel like there are people out there, wrestlers, fans, maybe even you, the folks at home perhaps, who have forgotten uh, the extent of, of how this thing works and what we need to do. You know, you're looking at an argument right now among wrestlers about even uh, whether or not they should be wearing masks right now. And that was one of the things that WWE did that made me furious in terms of bringing an audience back into the crowd for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT is that they insisted based on optics and nothing else, based on optics alone, they insisted that anybody who was going to be in the crowd for Monday Night Raw could not wear a mask. If you were going to be wearing a mask, well, you were not welcome to be seen on television in that state because optically WWE did not want to... I don't know if they view it as a political issue. I don't know what they think is going on as far as not letting people wear masks. But doesn't that look like an enormously stupid move right now when we are one week later in the future and you are looking at a massive spike in COVID-19 positive test cases? Look, this was always going to be the risk. This was always going to be the risk in continuing to run shows amidst this pandemic. This was always going to be the risk that you would get a genuine uh, or general PR boost out the gate for being a company that continued to run shows 
in the middle of a global pandemic and continued to offer people live new entertainment on a weekly basis when they were holed up in their homes and didn't have anything else to do. You know, I, I talked about the fact that I was reluctant headed into WrestleMania this year. I didn't know whether or not I thought the show should even happen. There was a part of me in my heart that was telling me, no, this is a mistake. But then the show happened, and it was wonderfully entertaining. It was so necessary in a time when we had nothing else to entertain us. Nothing new, anyways. Nothing live. No sports. No, not even movies. The release of movies has been canceled, and yet wrestling was still there. WrestleMania was still there. It felt vital. It felt important. I was thankful for it. And now... Now I look back on that weekend and I wonder maybe I was wrong or maybe perhaps I was right all along. That nagging voice in the back of my head that told me from the start that this is a bad idea. This should not happen. You are running an enormous risk of, you know, getting that initial spike of positive coverage because the entire sports world was looking at WrestleMania. WWE became the envy of all of sports. You had... UFC looking at Florida suddenly, even looking at WWE's Performance Center and thinking, well, if they can do that, maybe I can run a show there. Maybe we can rent the Performance Center and run a UFC pay-per-view. And of course, UFC did run pay-per-views in Florida. You're looking at the NBA now eyeballing Florida and thinking that they're going to stage a comeback inside a Disney World bubble. You've got Major League Soccer thinking that they're going to do the exact same thing as well. Because wrestling normalized that this is okay. And they normalized it in a state that is, quite frankly, not safe. Not safe at all. The numbers that are coming out of Florida right now as far as new daily cases of COVID-19 are, quite frankly, astonishing. Astonishing. They set new record highs consecutively every single day this week, which I believe capped on Friday with a number that was north of 9,000 new cases in one single day. To put that in perspective, folks, to put that in perspective, I believe I would have to check based on the current numbers, but I believe British Columbia in total has seen less than 3,000 cases in this entire pandemic. And good for Dr. Bonnie Henry for sticking to her guns in her negotiations with the National Hockey League this week. She's the one who has kept us safe here. But look, you know, I feel like people are relaxing. We've gone so far now into this thing without a positive result, certainly from the world of wrestling that people start to think that, you know, this thing's over. We've beaten this thing. You've got wrestlers thinking that it's fake to begin with. And look, there's a lot of wrestlers who are dumb guys, let's admit. It is not the smartest of professions. There are some very smart, very sensitive, very thoughtful professional wrestlers out there. Don't get me wrong. Heck, Randy Orton lately proven himself to be one of them. But, but... It is a dumb guy profession as well. You have people out there like Bo Dallas who believe that the earth is hollow and populated by lizard people. Genuinely believe this. You have someone like an AJ Styles who, uh, you know, maybe won't commit to his belief that the earth is flat, but will certainly say something like, I'm just asking questions. 
people need to smarten up about this thing because we are not out of the woods. And that includes people right here in Vancouver. I'll get to that in just a second. However, it is Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650. My name is Justin Morissette. You are listening to Vancouver's only professional wrestling radio show. And you can interact with me this evening as well. We are live on the air from the Sportsnet 650 studios. Would love to hear from you on any of the week's major topics. Uh, 604-280-0650 is the number to call if you want to get on the air and chat with me here on Wrestle Central. You can also hit the text line, the subway, or rather Sportsnet 650. Text line 650-650 is the number to text if you would like to interact with the show. And I've got a text right here from <laughs> Aldo Montoya is the name they are going by. And he says... I'm feeling really divided about watching WWE at this time. I still enjoy it enough to watch it, but I know that Vince will continue to endanger people's lives because we keep watching. As fans, we need to find a way to pressure WWE to change their ways, but how do we do that and still watch? Can it be done? Although, a great question. And I'm going to tell you, I'm right there with you. I also feel conflicted. I'll be honest right now. I'm not going to be talking about storyline progression or advancement or anything of the sort on the show here tonight. Not because I haven't been keeping track of both AEW or WWE, but because there are more important things going on than the fake world of kayfabe. We are dealing with real, actual issues that are hammering at the door of this business, both in terms of the way television is produced right now in Florida and the way that, uh, you know, we... The whole thing is structured. There are, there are major challenges going on to uh, governing bodies in this industry, and we will talk about that a little bit more as the show progresses as we tackle the abuse allegations close to home here in ECCW before the night is done. I do will continue. Uh, want to continue talking, however, about COVID-19 because, look, I, although I know that's not your name, Aldo Montoya, I do love the uh, the pseudonym, however, and appreciate the text. And again, if you want to be like Aldo and interact with the show, 650-650 is the number to text to uh, interact with the program, 604-280-0650, the phone number as well. Uh, I haven't been able to stomach watching the television for the last week and a half, whether that's WWE or AEW or NXT or even New Japan. The New Japan Cup is going on right now. I've heard from multiple sources, including good friends that I trust. My friend Josh Custodio, the wrestling brain genius, my co-host on Top Marks, uh, my podcast that I do about professional wrestling as well. Uh, he's telling me that Shingo and Sho, uh, Shingo Takagi and Sho Tanaka is one of the great matches of the year, the best empty arena wrestling match. I want to watch that. I want to see what those guys did. I want to watch a a classic, uh, one of the best of the year by all accounts. But to me, professional wrestling has always been kind of a a comfort food of sorts, like the TV equivalent of uh, a homemade oven-baked macaroni and cheese. You know, when I feel sad, when I feel uh, anxious, when I'm not feeling good about myself or the world, I retreat back into professional wrestling, something that feels warm and comforting to me. And if that's weird, then I'm sorry, but that's, you know, kind of the appeal of professional wrestling to me on some level. It's something that I loved when I was a child, and I return to it as an adult as a, a kind of cultural comfort food. It's not comforting right now with the things that are swirling around this industry, with the things that professional wrestling activates in my brain right now. 
I was not excited to come in and do this show this evening, which is unfortunate because, you know, this is typically one of the things that I look forward to most of all in my entire life week to week is to have this platform and to do this show and be able to entertain the people that do tune in to listen. To talk to people in the wrestling world and to air my opinions uh, on the business, so on, etc. It is a gift. It is an honor. I love doing this, and yet I did not feel energized to leave the house and come in this evening. Because this is a difficult time. This is one of the darkest periods in the history of professional wrestling, and I wasn't a fan or a media member back in 2007 during you know the entire dark cloud that hung over everything related to Chris Benoit and the entire situation, uh, the examination of the industry at that time and concussions and what they do to your brain and so on, etc. I can imagine that that would have been horrible, that that would not be fun to deal with at all. And yet, you know, I had a really hard time doing the show last week. I'm having a hard time doing it right now. Having a hard time watching wrestling in any capacity. Because, because, because of things like what I talked about last week. The fact that, you know, the, these people were just able to exist in our orbit without even, without me knowing that I was talking to someone who, you know, is, is a predator, is a dangerous person who needs to be excised from this industry, who needs to be removed from a position of power. And there are, there are multiple guests on this show. David Starr, one of them. Jeff Duncan, one as well, accused this week of sexual harassment and, and systemic abuse that has been brought to the attention of management here in Vancouver as part of ECCW for several years, and they failed to act on it. That's what I think about right now when I think about pro wrestling. That's where we're at in terms of the way these allegations have rocked every level of the business right now. So, no, I'm not clamoring to watch WWE TV as a form of escapism. It's not a form of escapism right now. It is a reminder of the horrible problems that exist within our society. Because, you know, we, we look at something like the, the CHL lawsuit filed by uh, Daniel Carcillo, and I believe Garrett Taylor is the other player attached to that. And you, you think about the way that abuse is carried out systemically in hockey programs. You know, when we look at it at the, uh, at the micro level, something like St. Michael's Academy in Ontario that got outed for a lengthy history of systemic abuse in the last couple years. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. It doesn't really matter. When we look at it at the micro level, we understand how those things happen. The structures of power that exist that can look the other way when it's just a handful of people, we understand. When you expand it to the macro and you look at the entire CHL, suddenly people have a harder time grasping how this could happen, how so many people in positions of power would not see this or do anything to act on it. Well, at least it seems like in the CHL there is an actual governing body overlooking everything where this stuff still managed to happen. You don't have that in professional wrestling. There is no, you know, grand wrestling commission that oversees every company. 
These are independent spots operating under their own rules, under their own supervision, in a business that is traditionally, you know, run by carnies and tricksters. It's a carny business. So should we be surprised that there is, you know, moral impurity in the wrestling world, that there is systemic abuse going on here when these guys, you know, are the inmates running the asylum? Perhaps not, but it's still shocking and it's still upsetting and it's still troubling. And there's no part of this that feels good morally because even the even the part of you that says, well, it's still a live program, it's still entertaining people, like like the texter said, like Aldo Montoya was talking about. He still wants to tune in because he enjoys watching it. But the downside is knowing that Vince McMahon is putting people at risk. He is endangering his performers. And that is not hyperbole right now. At a time where we had countless positive tests. We don't even know the exact number. They won't tell us. It's not being uh, reported with precision in the dirt sheets on any level. Could be as many as two dozen, could be even more than that. Positive COVID-19 test cases in WWE right now. Renee Young, one of the people who stepped forward and said that she does, in fact, have COVID, did catch it this week. Her announcement was uh, a little bit funny, I suppose. As WWE Backstage was canceled by Fox Sports 1, or at least its episode order was reduced to just be a pay-per-view special sort of thing, down from a weekly television show, Renee Young tweeted earlier this week on June 24th, Man, what a few days. My show gets canceled and I get COVID. Wear your masks and wash your hands. Stay safe, everyone. Heart. So Renee Young, one of the two dozen WWE staffers who came down with it. Adam Pierce, a retired wrestler now working as a producer for WWE. He confirmed he has it as well. No, Nobody as far as an in-ring performer, however, stepping forward to say that they have COVID-19. Not in WWE anyways. It is Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650. My name is Justin Morris that we're talking about the spike in cases of COVID-19 in Florida and how it relates to the professional wrestling industry. Of course, Renee being one of the people who caught COVID-19, she's married to AEW champion John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose in WWE. So <laughs> AEW announced on Wednesday that John Moxley, as well as QT Marshall, were being pulled from Wednesday's television because of exposure to people who had been exposed to COVID-19. The phrasing was a little bit funny as it relates to Mox, saying that he had been exposed to someone who may have been exposed to COVID-19. That someone, of course, being Renee Young, who actually does have the virus. Mox was given the opportunity as well to stay in a hotel and... Uh, you know, segment himself away from his wife. He decided not to do that. Good man, John Moxley. There's a lot riding on him right now. We are heading into two big episodes of AEW Dynamite over the next couple weeks here, and two big episodes of, a of NXT as well, rather, 
You know, this is should be an exciting time. Business is picking up. TV is good. TV is exciting. I'm looking forward to Fighter Fest. I'm looking forward to the Great American Bash. There's stuff to look forward to as it pertains to wrestling television at the moment. But there's also this big dangling sword hanging over everything as well, isn't there? Because if 24 people have it this week, as far as people who are in the WWE Performance Center, we know, we know how this works. We've been through it. It is, it is something that grows exponentially. And we're watching that in the total case numbers that come out of Florida every single day lately, where they jumped from, you know, cases in the hundreds every day to 1,000, to 2,000, to 3,000, to 5,000, to 7,000, to 9,000 daily cases of COVID-19. That is how this thing works. A two-week incubation period. Before you even know you have it, you could be spreading it. That's why we were so scared of this thing three and a half months ago. It felt like it would be impossible to detect. And you wouldn't know until it was too late. And that's exactly where WWE finds themselves right now. Because if they've got 25 positive cases right now, well, guess what? Next week, it's going to be 60. Two weeks after that, 130. That is how this happens. And I know in Vancouver, we feel so lucky to have handled this thing so well, to have, you know gone through as many precautions as we did and and listened to our health authority and respect the word of Bonnie Henry when she told us what to do and how to handle this. But we are not out of the woods here locally either, folks. You need to remember that. Everybody was yucking it up and laughing this week because there was a, a trace contacting that went back to a number of new cases of COVID-19 right here in Vancouver coming from a local strip club. And because it's a strip club and that is not an essential business, we all yuck it up and laugh like it's so funny that those people who caught it, well, what did they think they were getting into going to something like that? But that could have been anywhere. That could have been any bar. That could have been any restaurant. And I know walking the street lately that people do feel comfortable again going back into establishments like that with no masks and no distancing. This thing is not over. It might feel like we've won here in Vancouver, that the battle is done. It is not. It is not. We need to get that fear in us again. And it should be in both companies right now, in WWE and AEW, because you know AEW has not seen any positive cases among their roster yet, but that's coming too. That will happen at the rate of growth that they, we are seeing right now out of Florida, it's going to happen. And even if it doesn't, like I said, travel restrictions going to make things very, very interesting for any business or company operating out of Florida at the moment as well because we, we know all about travel restrictions up here in Canada, certainly. 
where you are required to have a 14-day quarantine period where you do not come in contact with anyone if you are coming back into the country from outside of Canadian borders. That is what is being put in place this week as it pertains to anybody flying out of a state like Florida that has a high case rate, high infection rate of COVID-19. And for a company like AEW, that's a sizable chunk of your roster right there who operates out of the Northeast. New York State, New Jersey, and Connecticut are all imposing that travel restriction. If you're WWE, the entirety of your executive staff operates out of Connecticut. So suddenly running television out of Florida, unless you're going to put everybody up in housing while you film any of this stuff, You know, I don't know how you continue to produce this television. And I talked about the fact that this is their economic lifeblood right now for WWE. It's why they're going to post record profits. That's why I brought that up earlier in the show. For AEW, word on the dirt dirt sheets, I was going to say dirt streets, but dirt sheets this week, is that they believe that if they stop producing live weekly television or, you know, taping it a couple weeks in advance, whatever the case may be, If they are not producing new television to air on their TNT time slot on Wednesday nights, that that company will shudder, that they cannot continue, that they will go bankrupt, and that's the end of their business. Well, you know what? That's bull. I'm going to call BS on that. Shad Khan is the father of Tony Khan, who is the CEO of AEW Wrestling. Shad Khan is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, as we are all well aware, the fact that they will never let us forget what NFL team is associated with AEW wrestling. He also, I believe, owns Chelsea or a huge team like that in the English Premier League. I should probably know the exact team, but I'm not going to look it up. It's not important. What is important is that this man is a billionaire. He's one of the richest men on earth. You're going to tell me that Shad Khan couldn't afford to float AEW for the next hundred years if he felt like it? Of course he could. So don't tell me that, oh, that we have no choice. We have to continue generating income off of our live TV or the, or the company will just fold. Bull. Absolute bull crap. If a company like Ring of Honor can afford to not run a single show during the pandemic and still pay their entire roster as if they were running all these shows, they're getting paid for every single date on their contract and not working any of them. If a company like Ring of Honor can afford to do that, then AEW can survive anything, honestly, right now. I know they're new, but they have deep pockets behind them. And WWE... You know, they put a a stop on the production of television briefly as they waited for the results of the tests this week. And the people who tested positive were told to stay home. You can kind of guess who tested positive just based on who wasn't on the television this week. 
AJ Styles was slated to work a match against Drew Gulak on SmackDown on Friday night. It didn't happen. Do I know for a fact that AJ Styles has COVID-19? No, I don't. But he wasn't on the show, a show he was promoted for. He is one of those guys who doesn't believe things he probably should believe, like the fact the earth is round. So if he caught COVID, would I be surprised? No, not at all. But if he did have it, I would hope he would do what Renee Young did, which is admit to that. And let yourself be a lesson to everyone else to take this thing seriously. You know, Rudy Gobert was a pariah in the world of the NBA initially, but it was easy to see him as something of a hero after the fact because his stupidity wisen people up. Wrestling needs someone like that right now as well, I believe. You know, you have people like Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns who've been sitting this thing out from the beginning and good on them. They look the smartest out of anybody right now. You have someone like Kevin Owens who saw one positive test case and decided this ain't worth it for me anymore. I need to sit this out as well. These guys look like geniuses. I said last week the biggest babyface move in Roman Reigns' entire career. Maybe the fact that he took this more seriously than anyone and decided to sit out on WrestleMania of all shows. It is Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650. My name is Justin Morris. That we are talking some heavy subjects this evening: COVID nineteen in the wrestling world and abuse allegations here in our local scene in Vancouver. A subject we will dive into a little bit later on in the program. But before we do that, before we get there, before I wrap up on the COVID-19 discussion, you know, you have guys like Loki in this industry who are, you know, calling people ignorant for wearing masks. If, you know, wearing a mask is going to be something that is a spot of controversy in this business at the moment. Seems silly that that would be the case, but that is kind of where we are at. Well, Kevin Owens decided to take to Twitter and address that exact topic. And before we take a break, I want you to hear from KO, a former guest on this show, and one of my former guests I'm still proud to have had on. A little over a month ago, my wife lost her grandfather to COVID-19, and it was awful to see it happen. He was a sweet, kind man. And while he was elderly, he was still taken too soon from us because if it wasn't for this virus, he'd still be here. And, uh, you know, seeing her go through that, seeing her family go through it, it was just so terrible. We had to watch his funeral on Zoom. We had to see the effect it had on her mother, my mother-in-law, who wasn't even able to give her dad a proper goodbye. It was just really awful. And that story is one among thousands like it of people who lost loved ones in a really tragic way and experienced really awful pain when it could have been avoided today's my mother-in-law's birthday so i figured it was a good time to send this message out please if you're gonna go out in public wear a mask uh keep social distancing it's not over (laughs) and uh it could make a huge difference And if you're going to choose not to do those things, please, please have the decency not to admonish, belittle, and talk down to people who who take those steps. Um, I've seen a lot of that lately, and it's it's kind of sickening. 
Uh, just because you, you decide to trust a source of information over another does not make you smarter or more qualified or better than anyone. Uh, you know, at worst, wearing a mask and social distancing does nothing. At best, it helps save lives. While at worst, uh, making fun of people wearing a mask and not wearing a mask yourself and telling people not to wear a mask can help spread this disease and make things worse. And at best, if you're doing that, belittling people and calling them ignorant for wearing masks, at best, you're making fun of people who are trying to do what they think is best for their community. So let's try to remember that. Let's not think we're better than anyone else. Let's take care of each other. Let's help each other out. And uh, everybody, take care. Thank you. That's Kevin Owens right there of WWE, who is going to be sitting out the... Well, next couple sets of tapings. Who knows when we'll see him again on WWE television, but he is taking the steps that he feels necessary to protect himself and his family. And some wise words from KO right there that I wanted to close out this segment with. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to leave the topic of COVID-19 behind for the time being and focus in on the local scene here in Vancouver. Uh, a just topsy-turvy week here for independent wrestling in our city and what the landscape is going to look like going forward. Uh, I'll tell you all about it when we come back. You're listening to Vancouver's home of professional wrestling on the radio. It's Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650. My name's Justin Morissette. Pick yourself up off the mat. It's time for more Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650 with Justin Morissette. That's right, we are back for more Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650. My name is Justin Morissette, as the man just told you, and it is... Another less than fun episode of the show this evening. Some heavy topics to deal with at the moment. Of course, Sasha Banks, one of them. It is easy to forget exactly how much went on this week because the last couple weeks have just been jam-packed with news in the pro wrestling world. But uh, one of those news items came all the way back on Monday morning. It did involve the boss, Sasha Banks, as Sammy Guevara of AEW Wrestling was uh, exposed for comments he made on a podcast several years ago where he talked about attending a WWE show and said that he wanted to he wanted to sexually assault Sasha Banks. He used a, a more vile word than that. I will let you figure out which one it was. Uh, but uh, he was just being uh, an idiot. You know, he did not mean this in the literal sense. I don't think that Sammy Guevara is a rapist by any stretch of the imagination. He was just engaging in the kind of loose language that people often do and should not, but do. It's not acceptable, but uh, AEW decided to send Sammy to sensitivity training. He is off to rehab for the next 30 days and... They will make a determination on his employment beyond that when that session is done. However, Sasha Banks, the classy 
woman that she is, decided to issue a public statement on the matter on Monday. And I did want to talk about this before we jump into local allegations of abuse. Sasha wrote on Monday, earlier I spoke with Sammy. He apologized and we had an open discussion. Words like the comments he made, jokingly or not, have absolutely no place in our society. I don't condone or tolerate this kind of behavior. What one thinks is just a snide comment can have a massive impact on someone else's life and can send the wrong message. We have to hold ourselves accountable for our actions and the words we say, and I hope this situation shows him that. I hope from this point on, in order for growth and change within our community to take place, we all can continue to have these conversations. No person, man, woman, or child should ever be subjected to a feeling of fear or any unsafe environment. We all have to do better, not just for ourselves, but for generations to come. Sincerely, Mercedes Varnado, which is, of course, the shoot name of Sasha Banks. So uh, that was her statement on the matter. And uh, from there, we go to uh, other allegations, the ones that I have been kind of dancing around for the entirety of the show here. Once again, we are live and interactive. It is Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650. My name is Justin Morissette. You can shoot me a text at 650-650. That is the Sportsnet text line. And, of course, you can call into the program as well, 604-280-0650. Allegations of abuse that went down in our local scene this week. ECCW on Wednesday morning put out a statement, a statement that seemed intentionally vague. It said, ECCW has been closely following the hashtag speaking out movement and supports those that have come forward. We were made aware of allegations involving certain members of our promotion. Those members have been removed. We believe that wrestling should be a safe space for everyone and look forward to positive changes in the industry. We will have no further comment on the matter. Now, if you were to read that, as many people did on Wednesday, you would have no idea what the heck they're talking about. And to clarify that issue, Parm Singh Mann, a local wrestler who had been trained by the ECCW school, you might know him as a referee at a number of their shows, uh, he decided to be the one to step forward in ECCW and come public with the allegations that had been made and I will read some of what Parm wrote on that topic now. He says, I am a male wrestler based out of the Pacific Northwest who has spoken to several people in the Pacific Northwest scene, some wrestlers and some not, in order to create a list of some of the things Jeff Duncan has done. The majority of these stories have been confirmed by multiple people. He has a long list of disgusting treatment of women and minorities. He was very close to the former head of security at ECCW shows who would openly lie about his experience in wrestling, who proceeded to send constant amounts of creepy texts about what he would think a female trainee would look sexy in and openly went up to her uh, to express those thoughts during shows. All of this was revealed to Jeff Duncan. He promptly chose to ignore it had a meeting with all of the male trainees saying to come to him if there were any more complaints and continued to keep this man in a position of power. In the past, there are so many things that are written here that I cannot even read, to be perfectly honest with you. But there, we go from you know the people that he protected and the people he installed in positions of power to the things that he did himself. Texting, lewd messages, 
messages that go well beyond what is acceptable to send to not just you know women who are wrestlers in the industry, but fans of the company as well. This man, in a position of power with this company, decided to make ECCW and indie wrestling in Vancouver an unsafe environment for people who were even just paying customers who wanted to come to his shows. And this is a man who is a former guest on this program as well. Jeff Duncan, hell, I had him on the show barely even a month ago to talk about the way that the COVID-19 shutdown had impacted indie wrestling and particularly the local scene here with ECCW. Well, COVID-19 might not have shut down ECCW, but I'll tell you what is right now, and that's hashtag speaking out, because after Parm came public with these allegations against Jeff Duncan, it was clear to not just fans, but the roster talent as well, that they knew about this stuff and had known for years, had been alerted to this uh, stuff as far back as, you know, some say even 2016, 2017. There is a long history of covering this stuff up and looking the other way when it comes to ECCW. And as a result of that, a number of talents quit the company. Too many to mention. Their champions, Judas Icarus, decided to vacate the ECCW championship and quit the company. The golden boy Travis Williams decided to vacate the Canadian championship and quit the company. Beef Boy quit the company. Fergie quit the company. Ravenous Randy quit the company. The Voros Twins vacated their tag team championships and quit the company. Liza Hall quit the company. Anybody that you can think of that you might have some kind of positive association with as far as watching them wrestle at ECCW pretty much quit the company. Ownership group, those that remain after Jeff Duncan was cast out. Sound like they want to be bought out, but I don't know who's got the money to do that at the moment. I don't know that there's even going to be an ECCW after this week. It doesn't sound like there will be. Now, what we can look at that company and say positively is that their dojo system, the training school that they set up here in Vancouver, has created a very, very talented wave of wrestlers that this scene is going to be proud of for years and years to come. And it is the majority of those talents who came up through that training school that led the charge on exposing this, that expressed their distaste and disgust, that management had known about this for years and looked the other way. That promising young talent that have such bright, shining futures in the wrestling industry, when you go to a local show today, you know, or prior to COVID-19, there was a, you know, a handful, a nucleus of young talent that I've talked about in glowing terms on this show too many times to count. People like Beef Boy, people like Travis Williams, people like Judas Icarus, the future of this city, as far as professional wrestling is concerned. Those are the guys this week that we can be proud of morally as well. And Parm has to be in that list, too. Parm Singh Man, who you can find on Twitter at Parm. 
did a great job in making this stuff publicly known this week. And he, among with a, no- a number, a good many local talents here in this scene, all said, look, you can't look at us for covering up other people's crimes. Parm tweeting, that's what gets me. So many of us in ECCW and on the roster are new to wrestling and young, and we were openly lied to. Too many people have been victimized and swept under the rug. The amount of stories I'm being told horrify me. That's Parm Singh Man. And if you have a story that you want to share, Parm did ask me to send out the word that He's someone that you can reach out to if you would like to speak on the matter. Anyone wants to discuss or share their experiences, negative experiences in wrestling and would like a safe space to do so, you can contact Parm. And if you aren't comfortable with Parm, he can redirect you to someone else who will listen to you. His social media contacts are ByBoyParm on Twitter, Parm underscore Sing underscore Man on Instagram, and Parm Sing Man on Facebook. If you want to get in touch with him and share your story, he is someone who is going to listen and believe you. Looking at the text line right now, it's Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650. My name is Justin Morissette. We're just about out of time this evening, but if you want to weigh in before we close up shop, 650-650 is the number to text in. The Stanchion, Wyatt Arndt, former guest on this show, someone who just like me was deceived by Jeff Duncan and had had him on his show, Trust the Process, too many times to count. Stanch says, having worked in ECCW, Stanchion again, another person who publicly quit the company this week, he says, it's clear that the wrestling industry needs to evolve. At the indie level, I firmly believe they need a real HR department that is above even the owners and bookers so people can file complaints without fear of job reprisal. I have hope that the great young talent in the Pacific Northwest can find a way to bring wrestling back in a much better place in the future. That is the stanchion why it aren't weighing in. And I've got a call on the phone line here as well. Caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Justin. It's Josh here from Vancouver. Oh, Josh Custodio mentioned you on the show earlier in the evening. <laughs> Speak of the devil, Hello, devil appears, buddy. How are you? I'm fine. Boy, that, that statement is uh, just as bad as it gets, eh? But I want to ask you, do, do you think there's hope for the future scene? Do you think on the other side of all this, something can rise up, something that we can all get uh, excited about? I'll take it off air. Uh, Josh, I appreciate the call, and of course, people can find him uh, on the Top Marks podcast as well. Josh, you still there? I am. You're talking about the New Japan Cup every single day on Patreon right now, are you not? I am, but but uh, I can't take a plug on your show. Yeah, that's true. Like that's true, you're... especially uh, when we're talking about something so serious. But uh, I that's do appreciate. Right. The, Thank you. I do appreciate the call, Josh. Thank you so much. Uh, no and uh, yeah, I know. I do think there is some positivity on the way here. Josh, of course, like me, friends with a number of people in the local scene, and. You know, I was speaking glowingly about the dojo a second ago there. I do think that is something that is going to continue to be a bright spot because if there is going to be a company that continues out of all this at the level that ECCW was running, you know, you can cut out that level of upper management 
that skeezy element of ECCW that everyone is quitting on right now and still have a, a, a structure in place that already exists there. The dojo staff, fingers crossed, I would hope, the coaches and trainers in this scene, I hope, can step forward and perhaps maybe purchase the company assets from ECCW, keep the school going, and, uh, and start a new company that is owned by the workers, that is worker-driven. You know, that is my hope out of all this, that it won't be ECCW. The ECCW banner is dead. But the local scene here can get something up and running that is run by the wrestlers themselves and and carry on uh, the good work that they had been doing here because, the, look, there are a number of great wrestlers in our scene. Guys who had nothing to do with this. People in positions of authority that cannot be impugned by anything that went on and anything that we found out in the last week. One of those guys, Artemis Spencer. Somebody who I have had uh, a a very positive uh, affection for over the last several years. Somebody who caught my eye at the very first ECCW show I ever went to. Artie making a public statement on Wednesday. As so many ECCW talents did, Artemis Spencer weighing in on Twitter saying, I have been in wrestling in BC for over 18 years, and I don't like to talk about it much, but I had a rough road while coming up. Thinking back, I can't believe how some of these grown men treated a 15-year-old kid. Back then, I decided that I will never treat anyone the way they treated me for a long time. I've been saying I'd be happy if I could just leave wrestling better than I found it. I feel like I tried my best to make the environment a more positive place, doing what I could to protect people around me and push out the toxic people. But with the stories that have come out in the last few days disappointed isn't a strong enough word. I am angry, I'm upset, and my trust has been completely shattered. This is a huge step backwards, and I feel like I have failed. People need to continue to speak out against the abusers hiding in our business and feel safe to do it. We need to work together to make sure we leave wrestling better than we found it. Those are the words of Artemis Spencer, formerly of ECCW. I would imagine, though he didn't say it there, he is one of the people who will no longer be working under that banner. And, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to feel upset and like I got taken for a ride and, uh, and taken advantage of in my relationship with ECCW doing this show. It's Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650. My name is Justin Morissette. We've got to wrap up before too long here, but I do want to make one closing statement before we do that and say that, you know, it's, it's easy to have been taken advantage of as well because when you are in a position of power like Jeff was, when you are running a company that is seen to be the alpha dog in this community here in Vancouver, everybody wants a piece of the action. I know I did. If you're a local wrestler with ambitions coming up to the scene here, yeah, you probably have ambitions that go beyond Vancouver. You probably want to go to the UK or Japan or WWE or AEW. But your ambitions locally flow through ECCW. They've got the platform. They've got the Commodore shows. They are the big name in Vancouver. If that's the case for the local talent, certainly, and for someone like me, you know, I dreamed of doing commentary for ECCW at some point. Anytime I've interacted or worked with that company, I've been licking my chops at the prospect of forming a bigger relationship and 
getting cozier to those guys and, and, and getting my foot in the door to do wrestling media that way. That's exactly what, what Wyatt was looking for as well, to work in wrestling in our city and feel like you're a part of the action, feel like you're involved in the scene, to do media for them and, and, and work in a sphere that you're passionate about. It's so easy for that passion to be taken for a ride by someone who is manipulating you for coverage. Because that is what we are finding out here this week, is that this is a, a company full of wolves in sheep's clothing, a company full of manipulators and abusers, a business full of them. And there are good people in this business as well, and those people need to continue speaking out. Because this is a story that is not over yet. Not in Vancouver, not in the wrestling world, not one iota. It will continue to develop, and I will continue to cover it right here as it does so. Another heavy episode this week. Not one that I wanted to do, but you cannot shy away from these topics. You have to look them dead on and confront them and say to the victims of abuse here in our local scene... I believe you, I support you, and I want you to feel comfortable sharing your stories so that the people who made this a scene you are not comfortable in can be pushed out of it and we can have a more inclusive wrestling scene at the end of all of this. Because I do believe as much as people look at wrestling as a right-wing pastime, a down-south conservative thing, it isn't. That's never been my experience. The people who love professional wrestling are good, progressive people who want a safe space for fans to feel welcome here, who want this to be a business that expands, a broad, big tent with room for everyone under the big top. Because this is a great business. It can be. We love wrestling. It is so entertaining. It can tell such wonderful stories. And if we want to continue to love it, it needs to be something lovable. It needs to be something you can feel good about. And at the end of the day, like Josh asked there on the phone, uh, I do believe that wherever we go from here, whatever happens to the local scene in Vancouver, whatever banner it falls under, whatever name they come up with of what happens next, I do feel like we will be able to feel good about the company that rises out of these ashes at the end of the day. That's our show for the week. I'm not going to say I hope you enjoyed it because I know this one was a tough one, but uh, thank you for tuning in nevertheless. I'll be back to do this all over again. Same bat time, same bat channel every single Sunday at 10 p.m. right here on Sportsnet 650. I hope you'll join me then again as well. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Until next week, I have been and will continue to be Justin Morissette, and you've been locked in on Vancouver's home for professional wrestling on the radio. This has been Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650.